don't know. I, it's always awkward to start these recaps. <laughs> Fresh out the oven, it's us <laughs> again. We're back. We're back. All of these movies, all three of these Robert Eggers movies, mm-hmm. have the exact same score on Metacritic. So yeah. critics are pretty tied about any sort of preferential treatment, any sort mm-hmm. of ranking in this. Yeah. But uh, how would you rank the three of them? Okay. Well, it's difficult because I do kind of feel like more than any other director, these are three wild swings in three completely different genres. True. I still cannot name what genre The Lighthouse is, but I do agree. I mean, elevated horror, and so is The Witch, but they are on opposite ends, or not opposite ends, but just different ends of some sort of elevated horror spectrum. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're all hard to watch. I like all of them, so it's not like a negative thing, but I do think that they're not a chore, but like certainly an undertaking to watch. Yes, yes. That is a good way to put it. Uh Yeah, what's your ranking? Well, they're all pretty close in rating for me, but this is actually Uh pretty easy. In third place, I would go The Witch. Okay. A movie that I do quite enjoy, but I was very surprised by how much I struggled in rewatching it. Like, how much more sort of grim it was than it is in my memory. Mm, mm-hmm. And all of, like, the family going mad stuff. I do think it is really compelling, but it does feel sort of, like, haunted and unrelenting in a way that's there are more extreme visuals in the Northmen than the witch, mm-hmm. but there is some relief and there are other things to latch on to yeah. in the Northmen in a way that there is not in the witch. You know? Yeah. The witch is you're just in it. Yeah. So that's why it's third. Then I would go the Northman, and then I would go the lighthouse on top. Just one of my favorite movies. I think I really love all of the supernatural stuff in that one specifically is mm-hmm. a little bit more pronounced than the other two. Yeah. All of the compelling character dynamics and play between the two of them. Like it kind of unfolds like a mystery, but also like a character drama at the same time. And it has the least frightening visuals of any of them. Although it does still have... I don't know. It's... <laughs> Some very shocking visuals. Yeah. But I also love seeing directors who start in horror do other genres because I think it's always fascinating to see like what gets imbued in that. And I feel like The Lighthouse has some of like the most frightening scenes without being like a straight up horror movie or being like super violent for most of its running time. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely my favorite. Although The Northman is maybe more easily rewatchable than The Lighthouse. Despite being much longer, it maybe feels slightly shorter than The Lighthouse. And just is like a little more accessible. So I would not be surprised if I rewatched that at some point in the future sooner than I would the other two. Mm. That would be my ranking. What about you? It's a miserably difficult ranking. I agree with you that Lighthouse is my number one out of these it's the one that i enjoy the most it's also the one that i think is the greatest technical achievement i mean to have shot Mm. all of that in that old way to do all of that practical stuff the black and white thing i think the script is genius 
and I think the symbolism that's layered throughout it is it is the most symbolic and like weird and has the most like paths to go down of any of the movies. And so it reminds me of like a Jordan Peele where it's like so many, there's just like so many threads. You could just go anywhere. I think both the witch and the Northmen are also incredibly well scripted. And I mean, like the dialogue, like Mm. the dialogue scripting for the Northmen. I mean, like the story is very simple, but the dialogue is utterly believable as like being old, but also being like not so archaic that you can't make sense of what's going on. And then blending some of the real language most of the time it's in English, but some of the time we'll get real Norse or real Russian or real Icelandic or whatever, you know, people are speaking. But it is the easiest on the ears of all three of them, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it is the easiest to understand. I mean, it's a monumental achievement. The scale of this, of the Northmen is so much larger and really does like, especially in the beginning, I mean, it, it narrows in and I, in a really cool way at the end. But I, I feel like even, especially at the beginning, it really does have that Lord of the Rings-esque. This is epic. This is a real, a built world that you're going to inhabit in many different locations and ways and like see the dirt under people's fingernails and like get in that. I think, though, that the interpretation game is stronger on the witch the things that you can read into the witch are stronger than what you can read into the Northmen. And so I'm going to have to go lighthouse. Number one, Witch number two, Northman number three, they're all very close mm. together. I would say they're probably at about an 85 and 84 and an 83% for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The supernatural mystical stuff in the Northmen is cool. Like all of the prophets, undead carry you to Valhalla sort of stuff. Mm. But I do think that comes across more as like tenets of the genre in that specific movie. Yes. That it feels less unique than it does Mm -hmm. in Witch or Lighthouse. Yeah. Well, and because he's drawing more on a real mythology, a much larger real mythology, I should say, because the Witch thing is drawn on a certain set of events that happened, um, as is the lighthouse, but they're much, it's a much narrower scope of events too. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that big epic thing. Also, just a brief note. Did you notice that the Valkyrie had braces? Did that throw you at all? I didn't notice that, but I read about that after the fact. I guess that was some real, that was like a real thing. That there's some sort of like teeth bling that were like a status symbol within the mythology. But oh, okay. Um, it is some something else based on historical fact, but <laughs> when it happens, it's like just wild. <laughs> yeah. I agree that the lighthouse is the technical achievement of it. It's part of the fun on that one. Mm-hmm. And I think there's almost like a meta layer to the ending of it when you have watched so much in this like practical analog world and then like the shot of Pattinson as he sees the lighthouse and you are like seeing the film grain and the sound become digitized in a way that like nothing in the movie has Mm. been before. Mm -hmm. I just think that is like really compelling and like playing with form in a way that you don't normally see directors do. And I think that even though it is like less grisly than these other two, like when I think of certain moments in it, like when he kills the goal and then you just pan up to the wind changing, 
Mm-hmm. Or the moment where you're just looking at all the empty spaces of the house and you're hearing Willem Dafoe ask, why'd you spill your beans? Like echoing through mm-hmm. the space that has felt very tiny and now all of a sudden feels huge when yeah. you're not sure what's going on in it. Yeah. Like, those are still some of the things that send a chill down my spine more than for sure. the out and out horror of the witch or yeah. some of the stuff in Northman. But I do think Northman is, it's really cool just to see like so many actors playing mm-hmm. with him. The most actors he has had in a movie is the witch, which is what five yeah. actors yeah. in total. Mm-hmm. I guess you've got, you've got extras in the very first scene of that movie, but yeah. that's it. And then to see like, you know, Ethan Hawke and Nicole Kidman, like, come to play and what yeah. i'm sure is a very difficult rehearsal process mm-hmm. that stuff is all yeah. really cool and willem dafoe we barely mentioned him but he is great uh-huh. in great in that movie yeah. um as a very small part i almost texted you in the theater when he came on the first time where i was like willem dafoe is playing a fool he is playing the king's fool in this movie He's playing yorick and like you get the skull of yorick i don't know that stuff is all really cool Basically, the lesson here is that the man does his homework. We talked about the movies being kind of relentless. The man himself must be relentless in the way that he attacks these scripts and the way that he does these movies because everything feels like so, so perfectly calibrated to what he wants it to be, which is just really impressive whether or not you love the final product. The tightness of the frame of the artistic vision in all three of these is really, really pretty incredible. What would you like to see from him next or in the future in general? Well, I mean, that that vampire movie, I think, would be excellent. I think it fits right in the wheelhouse of everything that we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. I hope he does not get a bigger budget for his next movie. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. (laughs) We need to worry about that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I hope it is not bigger. Yeah. It could be of the same scale and that would be okay, but certainly like not trying to do anything more. I mean, he obviously loves Anya Taylor-Joy. I'd mm-hmm. be interested to see something that was like her, you know, something similar with her and another woman in something like The Lighthouse, like explored mm-hmm. a relationship like that. I think that could be interesting. He's got her playing against all these very interesting men in both and like the creepy kids in The Witch and then like all of these scary men in this movie. Yeah. But not really, except for her interaction with her mom, which is totally intense in The Witch. But like True. there's not a lot of the women interacting with each other, mm-hmm. which I think could be cool. In The Northman, they even say like, don't seek to know the woman's secrets or like the women's magic. But like you should know that it's like there. Is like what the dad tells Amla. So so maybe that's intentional on his part. He was like, that's not my story to tell. But um, I do think it would be mm. cool, especially if, you know, if he collaborated with a woman screenwriter. Yeah. His collaboration on The Northman was obviously very successful. So And The Lighthouse is written with his brother. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that Anya is the lead of the vampire. Oh, OK. As like Mina Harker or Harper? I don't know. I don't I've never seen Nosferatu. OK. Well, I mean, I mean, as like from Dracula, oh, uh, that's yeah, the, the character, I think. I believe it is her and whatever role Robert Pattinson and then Harry Styles were supposed to play. But uh, okay. that role, I do also do not think is the titular vampire. No, probably not. But I think those are the leads of that movie. Hmm. That is what I hope he gets to make next, I think. 
I think the time is right. And I do also think that he should probably get it out of his system. Yeah. This like thing that has keeps coming up for him. Like, yeah, I feel like he's at a good point now. He's tested his metal. I don't think that that movie is going to be bigger than the Northmen in terms of right. production scale right. yeah. in any way. Maybe, you know, some really ornate sets I could see in yeah. that time period. And some awesome production stuff, but it's not going to be more actors. It's not. Yeah, it's be. not going to be more action or more actors than. Yeah, yeah. So I hope he does that next, and then I don't really know. I just want him to keep going, and I agree that I don't need him to go any bigger than this. I do hope at some point he gets another chance to do something on the scale of this, mm-hmm. because I could totally see him, you know, making five or six more four million dollar movies. Yeah, over the next twenty years, like Absolutely. I could very easily see that. But I do hope that he gets another one like this. Yeah, at some point. But you know what just was just occurring to me is his all of his being so so specifically set in time. What would you think about one of his set in the future? It could be cool. It could be cool, right? It could be really cool. I read uh, some quote from him where he said, I'm interested in every time period other than our own, basically. So I think a lot of that territory is being examined really well by Alex Garland. I do Mm -hmm. see a lot of similarities between their work. Yeah. What's Alex Garland's next thing going to be? It's this men movie that's oh, right, coming out right. next month. Oh, right. Yes. A shivers down the spine. I've seen the trailer and can picture it too well. I saw the trailer for that before The Northman, and that was very frightening to me. Mm. And also, I believe the main, the actor in that, whose name I can't think of right now, but he's in the James Bond movies. Mm. He is playing every male role in that movie. Like oh. in the trailer, you see like 10 different like weird British men in uh-huh. this like small town and they are all him. Oh, that's they're cool. all played by him. So there's something going on there that looks cool. Damn. OK, anything else to say on Eggers before we wrap him up? Before we bury him alive in the dirt as he as he continues to curse us. <laughs> it's challenging and exciting, interesting, can't tear your eyes away filmmaking. If you haven't given him a chance yet, you should. Like, if you haven't seen any of them yet, I couldn't really tell you where to start. <laughs> yeah. But just pick one and go for it and just, like, yeah. hold on. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. If you like any horror movie that has come out in the last five years, uh huh. start with The Witch. Uh-huh. If you like Dune or The Lord of the Rings... Start with the Northmen. Yeah. But if you don't like horror movies, then like really prepare yourself. (laughs) Really steal yourself before pressing play. And if you like being a total weirdo, (laughs) then start with the lighthouse. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I guess all that's left to do this episode is reveal our next miniseries. Yes, we will brush the cobwebs away from our next (laughs) miniseries and tell you what it might be this miniseries is going to be a little different i guess we should say this up front Hmm. because we are recording a lot in advance because of exciting news which i shared last week but we'll share again here because of circumstances regarding scheduling we're stockpiling a ton of this summer series so it's just going to be emin and i without any guests for this whole series so very sorry if you love listening to our friends as much as we do but I think it's still going to be a very good time as we explore this series. Bums only. 
we are going back to our roots, back to where it all began. <laughs> with not not Nazis, but the Marvel logo. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be discussing also this also ties in with a horror director directing other things besides horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Spider-Man series. Wade, would you care to tell the what? listeners <laughs> what what that all entails? Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Spider-Man. You know him, you love him, he crawls up the wall. We are going to be watching the 19... What is it? 77? Yeah. Pilot TV film, Spider-Man, starring Nicholas Hammond, the CBS film. We're going to be watching the three Raimi movies, starring Tobey Maguire. I wouldn't say starring, but... (laughs) (laughs) Burdened by Tobey Maguire. (laughs) We're going to be watching the two Andrew Garfield movies, directed by Mark Webb. We are going to be watching the animated film Into the Spider-Verse. And unfortunately, this year we will not be watching Across the Spider-Verse, which we had hoped to time out in October, but that just got pushed to next summer. But we will be watching Into the Spider-Verse. We will be watching the three Tom Holland movies in the trilogy and also the other three MCU movies that Spider-Man is a big part of, Civil War and two Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame. And maybe into the multiverse of madness, depending on how much Spider-Man features in that, because Doctor Strange is a big part of the most recent Spider-Man. No spoilers other than that. And Sam Raimi directed several of these movies, is returning from multiverse of madness. It could connect to other things we talk about. And obviously that movie isn't out yet. So that might be towards the end of the series if it feels pretty thematically relevant. Yes. We're not going to be covering the two other 70s movies that were like re-edited from the TV show, since those are just the TV show in America. We're not going to be covering the 30-minute Japanese live-action film, short film from the 70s. We are not going to be covering Spunk, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, they're a series of Spider-Man villains. Oh, right. Without Spider-Man in them. You mean we're not going to do the Venom Venom 2 and Morbius <laughs> films? <laughs> no, we are not. We simply could not handle it. Um, but I guess if they ever successfully do, like, Venom and Morbius fight Spider-Man, we would then have to do that retroactively if they ever actually put spider-man into one of these spider-man movies then that would fit into the series but as it is um we are doing the ones that actually feature the old web slinger himself am i missing anything i don't know i mean (laughs) at this point it seems it seems astoundingly daunting and it is wild to me that we have gotten that we've managed to get the three like biggest MCU movies other than Spider-Man into this series without having to talk about the whole MCU. <laughs> Feels kind of great. True. We are not going to cover Spider-Man's singular other MCU appearance, which is a variant in an episode of What If, because I don't want to talk about What If. And that is so inconsequential in a different Spider-Man anyway. I will say jury's still out on freshman year, 
the Disney Plus animated MCU show that is going to be like Tom Holland Spider-Man before we meet him in the movies. That hasn't come out yet. So, but if that is like actually substantially telling like the Uncle Ben story or big story points, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And if Tom Holland is voicing him, maybe. If those are like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but with Spider-Man and some other actor, sounds like fun, but probably will not get an episode on the podcast. We'll see. Wow. But the also, as you were saying, we are covering the big MCU, but that is also sort of forward thinking because I feel like there's also a good chance that we might see Spider-Man in like Avengers 8 before we see Spider-Man 4 or whatever, you know, like there might be... Right, right. There might be a different Spider-Man appearance soon before. Well, also, I mean, let's just let's just give like <laughs> tell it like it is here. The thing is, Patrick Stewart is in the preview for Multiverse of Madness <laughs> yeah, yeah. as yeah. as Professor X, uh. which means I think it's finally happening. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Men are back. And the X-Men are merging with the MCU finally to take their rightful place in the sun alongside those other much-loved heroes. So, very exciting. Yeah. We haven't seen the movie, so we couldn't possibly spoil it. But it does seem like that may also be related to our X-Men, our X-Men history. How would you feel, Emmett, if they brought in Patrick Stewart as Professor X, but also Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, and those are the two in the movie. Unfortunately, I feel it's inevitable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds just plays Deadpool in his sleep now. So true. Uh, I really hope they do not bring Deadpool into into this universe. You know, Deadpool and Spider Man have a real partnership in the comics. Oh. That is sort of a classic duo in the comics. Yeah, they're both kind of that like fast-talking, quipping superhero. Mm-hmm. It could be compelling. But not with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Recast, recast Deadpool. Hashtag recast Deadpool. <laughs> I'm starting it now. There could not, I mean, I don't think. <laughs> don't say that. What? Don't say there couldn't be anyone worse. I'm sure there is No, I mean, I'm sure worse. there could be someone worse. I was just th- thinking the Deadpool movies could not actually get better. I don't think there's any hope for them. So even if they did recast, it would still probably be trash. But I don't know. Yeah. That's it. That's the vibe. That's Webhead Summer starting on Tuesday. Webhead Summer. With old Nikki Hammond, the first live action Spider-Man. Oh my God. So exciting. I will say we've recorded a lot of these and they're really fun. Mm-hmm. I think our audience is going to really like them. And... I am really excited because they're obviously building up to sort of a cumulative conclusion in No Way Home. Mm, mm -hmm. Like, I'm excited to watch that, having rewatched the others. Getting all of that. Yeah. That's certainly more than the X-Men ever got in terms of tying the whole thing Yes, for sure. For sure. And those were all in the same universe. Those weren't even reboots. Yeah. Well, maybe. There are. Well, there are some reboots, but... It's just a mess. Um, we might have to step back into the continuity corner uh, at some <laughs> point in this. We haven't yet but in the recording, but we, we may. And Emmett, do you want to say once again what you are doing through May? Why we're recording these so far in advance? Yes. So very exciting. My theater company that I started in 2017 with a fellow School of the Arts alum, Cameron Morton, Mended Wing Theater Company. 
we take Shakespeare to kids and families in public parks and public schools all across uh, the southeastern United States. This May, we will be taking it to schools in North Carolina, schools in public parks in North Carolina. Um, We'll be taking Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors to 15 different venues on a two-week tour across the state, beginning in beautiful Winston-Salem, the city of arts and culture of North Carolina, and ending in my lovely island home of Ocracoke on the Outer Banks. I'm just thrilled to be back doing this after two years of pandemic Mm -hmm. inactivity, at least on that front of my life. Obviously, we've, you know, we've had a podcast and got some other stuff done, but but really excited to be doing live theater again. It is my my first true love. If you are also excited by this idea, um, please look us up, www.mendedwingtheater.com. You can find out more about the tour there. And if you feel so inclined, make a contribution to our GoFundMe. And if you are in Winston-Salem or on the Outer Banks, uh, if you're in Winston-Salem on May 17th or 18th, we will be doing public performances. Those are going to be promoted through many different venues. And then also on the Outer Banks, we will be doing several public performances. So if you're if you're a listener and you're either in central North Carolina or far out in the east North Carolina, uh, there is a chance you might actually be able to come and see us in person, too. I'd love to see you there. Yes, definitely. If you are a North Carolina Cinema Bums fan, you should check out some of these public performances. The stuff Emmett does with these Shakespeare plays in terms of making them accessible and fun for the whole family and talk about some uh, some physical, visual storytelling, some full-body commitment with all of these things. It's really wonderful. So if you haven't gotten to see one before, you should now. And we are all very proud of him, the Cinema Bums family. So thank you. go check it out. Okay, well, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday to kick off Webhead Summer. Mm-hmm. Until then, stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Wade Lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week. <laughs>